Welcome to Harmony Christian Church Podcast. For more information about us, visit HarmonyChurchFamily.org. It's Palm Sunday, which for those of you who, who know what that is, that's the day that Jesus came riding in Jerusalem uh, on a donkey with people worshiping, praising, crying out Hosanna, establishing God's kingdom on earth. And so that's what we're going to talk about this morning. So this morning is going to be a lot of, of just kind of Bible teaching. I plan on teaching a lot. Then I plan on preaching a little bit. And who knows, we may even prophesy by the time we're all done. We don't know what's going to happen, but we're going to just be led by the Spirit. But I want to walk you through that triumphal entry. Uh, there's so much as you study that scripture, as you study that passage, there is so much hidden in that passage. There's so much prophetic uh, words. There are so many uh, just hidden mysteries hidden in there. And we honestly don't have time to cover all of them, but I want to just highlight some of the, some of the things that were going on uh, that prophetically uh, through the triumphal entry. So if you have your Bibles with you, open them up with me to John chapter 12. We're going to be looking in that chapter. It's actually, this story is in all four Gospels, uh, but we are going to read out of John chapter 12. So we're going to start in verse 9. John chapter 12, verse 9, it says, When the word got out that Jesus was not far from Jerusalem, a large crowd came out to see him, and they also wanted to see Lazarus, the man Jesus had raised from the dead. This prompted the chief priests to seal their plans to do away with both Jesus and Lazarus. For his miracle testimony was incontrovertible and was persuading many of the Jews living in Jerusalem to believe in Jesus. So a little context with that verse. Jesus had just raised Lazarus from the dead not too long before this. So the, the crowd that was gathering for Passover, which was, was a massive crowd gathering into the city of Jerusalem, they were gathering for Passover. It says that the, that the news of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead permeated throughout the crowd and caused them to want to come see this Jesus who was able to raise the dead. So verse, verse 12, it says, the next day the news that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem swept through the massive crowd gathered for the feast. So they took palm branches and went out to meet him. Everyone was shouting, Lord, be our savior, which also means most, most translations read Hosanna, which means Lord, be our savior. Blessed is the one who comes sent to us from Jehovah God, the King of Israel. Then Jesus found a young donkey and rode on it to fulfill what was prophesied. You know, a lot of the King James uh, version readers, pastors like this Sunday because it gives them an excuse to use a cuss word without actually cussing. But lucky for you, I'm holier than that. I don't use the King James version. So it's a donkey other than, rather than that other thing, right? Amen. Yeah, cool. Then Jesus found a young donkey and rode on it to fulfill what was prophesied. People of Zion have no fear. Look, it's your king coming to, coming to you riding on a donkey. Now Jesus' disciples didn't fully understand the importance of what was taking place. But after he was raised and exalted into glory, they understood how Jesus fulfilled all the prophecies and scriptures that were written about him. All the eyewitnesses of the miracles Jesus performed when he called Lazarus out from the tomb and raised him from the dead kept spreading the 
kept spreading the news about Jesus to everyone. Then the news of the miracle of the resurrection caused the crowds to swell with great numbers of people welcoming him into the city with joy. But the Pharisees were disturbed by, by this and said to each other, we won't be able to stop this. The whole world is going to run after him. Little did the Pharisees know that they prophesied what was about to happen with Jesus, that the entire world would begin to run after this Messiah named Jesus. So there's a lot, like I said, in the scripture. The triumphal entry or Palm Sunday is significant Listen to this. It's significant because it fulfills both a hundred or a 500 year old prophecy and at the same time is also declaring a prophecy of what was about to come. So it both fulfills prophecy and declares prophecy. So I'm going to, I'm going to show you what that means here throughout this, this message. So I want to begin with you just breaking down this scripture a little bit and pulling out some of these mysteries that are in this scripture. So let, let's begin doing that. So if we read once again, verse 12 through 14, it says, The next day, the news that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem swept through the massive crowd, gathered for the feast. So they took palm branches and went out to meet him, everyone shouting, Lord, be our Savior. Blessed is the one who came soon to us from Jehovah God, the King of the Israel. And then Jesus found a young donkey and rode on it to fulfill what was prophesied. Okay, so he found a young donkey to fulfill what was prophesied. So that young donkey was prophesied about in Zechariah chapter 9. Zechariah chapter 9. The first thing I want to know about that donkey, about Jesus riding in on the donkey, is that when you study this passage, and this is really easy to find out as you begin studying the passage, that when you study this passage, you realize that most of the time when kings would come into a city, when kings would come into a city in celebration, they would not be riding a donkey. Normally what they would be riding is a war horse. And it was the reason they would ride a war horse was they would be establishing their, their dominance. They'd be establishing their quote-unquote glory um, by riding in on, a, on such a majestic uh, animal. So it'd be, they'd ride in on a war horse, not a donkey. But Jesus came in riding on a donkey. And what's significant, there's several things significant about that. But what, what I want to point out this morning is this. What's significant about that is that the donkey represented peace. That when a people would see a king riding in, not on a war horse, but on a donkey, what that symbolized was that the nation, that the kingdom was in peace. And so they rode in humbly. Instead of being glorified on a war horse, they would ride in humbly sitting on a donkey. So it's significant that Jesus rode in on a donkey because what this is doing, what he's doing throughout all of this is he's, is he's establishing what kind of kingdom he's about to establish on earth. He's, he's prophesying what type of kingdom that, that he is going to bring to the earth. It's not going to be a kingdom of war. It's going to be a kingdom of peace. So Zechariah 9 is the scripture that is fulfilled here with Jesus riding on a donkey. So let's, let's go ahead and read that passage in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. Zechariah 9, starting in verse 9. Let me, let me just open it up here because it's really difficult to see it back there. Zechariah 9. 
It says this, it says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter, is, o daughter in Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, a fowl of a donkey. I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem. The battle bow shall be cut off. He shall speak peace to the nations. His dominion uh, shall be from sea and from sea to sea and from river to, from the river to the ends of the earth. As for you, be because of the blood of the covenant. Listen, listen to this language, and you can, you can see what is being prophesied here. It says, as for you, because of the blood of the covenant, what covenant is it talking about? What covenant is Zechariah talking about? He's talking about the covenant of, of Jesus that he established on the cross, the blood of the new covenant. It says, because of the blood of your covenant, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. I'll set your prison, and then uh, it says, return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today I declare that I will restore double to you. For I have bent Judah, my bow, and fitted the bow with Ephraim, and raised up your sons, O Zion, against your sons, O Greece, and made you, made you like the sword of a mighty man. So I'm going to stop there. So listen to the language there in that verse. This prophecy was not simply a prophecy about Jesus riding in on a donkey. That obviously happened, but it's more significant than just, than just Jesus riding in on a donkey. Listen to the language. It says, he is the righteous, or he is righteous, having salvation. It says that he will destroy the weapons of war. He will free prisoners. This is prophesying, once again, about the type of kingdom he would bring, which is triumph over the enemy and peace to those in his kingdom. A king riding in on a donkey, once again, was a sign that the kingdom was in peace and that the enemy had been conquered. So yes, this scripture is prophesying that Jesus is going to come riding in on a donkey, but it is also prophesying that the type of kingdom he is about to bring is a kingdom where all of the enemy has been conquered and that peace for the people in his kingdom, there will be peace everlasting. So it's prophesying, once again, it's prophesying a kingdom where the enemy has been conquered and that peace has been brought. So it's, a, it's fulfilling the prophecy, but it's also declaring the prophecy that after Jesus dies on this cross and is raised from the dead, that his kingdom will be established on the earth and that the kingdom will be full of peace and conquering all of the enemies that come against us. Amen? Amen. What, what's, what's neat about this as well is that, that the people, the Jewish people of Jesus' time would have known Zechariah 9. They would have known that prophecy. Uh, one scholar even suggests that, that, um, that, that, if, uh, they would have, that people in that time, that if a Jew in that time would have had a dream about a donkey, if he would have seen a donkey in his dream, that, um, that would mean that salvation is near for his household. That's how firmly they believed in this prophecy in Zechariah 9. So, so the people, when they see Jesus riding in on a donkey, they knew exactly what that meant, which is why they cried out, Hosanna, 
which is why they cried out Hosanna, which is why they were, were celebrating him, which is why they were laying down their coats, the Bible says. They were laying down their garments uh, on the streets for the donkey to pass over in worship because they knew that the sign of the Messiah's coming was to see him riding in on the city on a donkey. And that's, that's, that's so that the Jewish people knew exactly what Zechariah 9 and exactly what was happening as Jesus was riding in on a donkey. The other thing the Bible talks about in, in those chapters is that the people began breaking off palm branches and began waving them around in celebration. They, they, be, they would lay them on the street for him to pass over and they would wave them in celebration. Why would they grab palm branches? The palm branches weren't just what was handy nearby. The palm branches, once again, prophetically represent something. So palm branches are significant because they represent, uh, they represent life overcoming death. And the reason they do that is, is palm branches grow in the desert where the sun is and where there's very little water. And that even though there's no water and the sun beats down on them where it would kill many other types of plants, palm branches bud forth with life and grow in spite of the death climate that is in the desert. And so palm branches represent victory over death. And so when they're pulling those palm branches off and they're waving, they're once again prophesying what Jesus is about to do on the cross, which is to overcome death with life once and for all. Amen? So let me, let me show you that a little bit again in Scripture. So palm branches, once again, represent overcoming death with life. So, um, so they begin to throw their garments down and the, as a sign of worship, and then they begin waving these palm branches. And it says... Um, it says this in scripture, it says, I am he who lives and was dead and behold, I am alive forevermore. I have the keys of death and hell. That says that in Revelations 1.18. It also says, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more, death no longer has dominion over him. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, hell, where is your victory? And there's many other scriptures that declare that what Jesus did on the cross was not just forgive us of our sins, but he actually conquered, overcame death. You know, the Bible says that death is the last enemy that Jesus overcame, that when he died on the cross, he overcame death, hell, and the grave. And so when they're waving those palm branches, they're not just waving them in worship. They are prophesying that when Jesus goes to the cross and dies, and then three days later, that he will defeat death once and for all and overcome it and make it subject to him, that literally all things will be put under his feet, and he will be in complete authority over all of it. So it was not just a prophecy fulfilled, it was also a prophecy declared of what Jesus was about to do on the cross and in the resurrection. So let me give you just a quick, a quick recap. The quick recap. So Jesus comes riding in on a donkey. The Jews begin crying out, Hosanna, Lord be our Savior. They begin laying their garments down on the ground in worship. They grab the palm branches and begin declaring victory, that he has victory. And he begins riding in 
uh, and a triumphal entry as they all declare Hosanna, glory to God in the highest, amen? So he does all of these things. See, see the, the, only, the only problem was is that these people were short-sighted in what they believed Jesus was coming to be king of. So they believed that Jesus, once again, was coming to be king of the Jews in the sense of that he was going to come and overthrow a Roman government. But they were short-sighted because Jesus didn't come just to overthrow a government. He came, once again, to overthrow death itself. He came not to establish his name above the Roman authorities. He came to establish his name above every other name, above every principality, above every name that is named. His throne would sit higher than all of it. And so they were welcoming in not just a king that would conquer Rome, but a king that would conquer death itself. Amen? One last thing, and I'm going to close with this thought. Um, that I, I find incredibly interesting. And this is where I believe we're gonna maybe move into a little bit of prophecy. I find it interesting that the thing that initiated the triumphal entry was the resurrection of Lazarus. The thing that initiated the first triumphal entry the, of, of Jesus coming into the city, of the crowd recognizing the Messiah was the resurrection of Lazarus. So if the resurrection of Lazarus caused the triumphal entry, what does the resurrection of Jesus initiate? I believe that the, uh, that the triumphal entry was a foreshadow of what was to come after the resurrection of Jesus. That the worship, that the celebration, that the declaration of peace, that the declaration of victory was a foreshadow of what was to come after Jesus rose from the dead. That if Lazarus' resurrection caused the triumphal entry, then Jesus' resurrection causes an eternal, never-ending resurrection, never-ending triumphal entry that it causes a never-ending, never-ceasing rejoicing, a never-ending worship of Jesus the Messiah, a never-ending declaration of his authority and his throne being established on the earth, and that it will be a never-ending victory for those who are in his kingdom. That as Lazarus caused the first triumphal entry, Jesus causes and initiates an eternal, never-ending resurrection or triumphal entry into the kingdom of the Most High God. That we will never quit laying our garments before Jesus. That we will never stop rejoicing. You know, the Bible says, um, in, in, uh, in the Bible somewhere, the Bible says, uh, Pastor Ron probably knows this scripture, the Bible says that Jesus continually, constantly leads us into victory. Constantly leads us into victory, which means that constantly right now, he is leading us from victory to victory to victory, that our king has never known a defeat, that he has never known a loss, that he has never known what it is to be subject under anyone else, that he is king above everything else, and that that victory that he has is the same victory that he gives to us every single day in every single situation. And Romans says that the death that he overcome, we also overcome with him. That the resurrection of Jesus leads us into an, a never-ending, eternal, triumphal 
entry. Amen. So I want to just declare over you right now, I want to declare over our nation that this virus is going to end because our king is riding in on his donkey of peace, that we are waving the palm branches of victory over our nation, and that we are walking in triumph over this virus, that in your own household you are walking in triumph because the the resurrection of Jesus initiated a never-ending, continual victory that we are walking in, that he constantly leads us from triumph to triumph, from victory to victory, and that is what we walk in as sons and daughters of the kingdom. That whatever situation you are in right now, whether it's financial, whether it's medical, whatever it is, whether it's a lost family member, whatever it is you're walking in right now, I just declare over you right now that you are walking in the victory that the resurrection established, that you are walking in that triumphal entry, that that palm branch is being waved over you. You know, even in Revelations, I believe it's chapter seven, in Revelations it says that there's a great multitude of every tribe, of every tongue, of every nation, there's a great multitude gathered around Jesus. And it says there that they're wearing white, which is a sign of purity and of victory. And it says in, even in Revelations that they are waving palm branches as a sign of victory and that the angels are gathered around him crying out, holy, 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 that the elders are throwing their crowns before the king of kings. And I believe it's a picture of what we're walking in right now spiritually. That we are gathered around the throne. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation, everyone who has accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and that is in his kingdom as sons and daughters, we are gathered around his throne. We are wearing the white garments of purity and we are waving our branches of victory. And I declare that over you and over your household right now. That you are walking in victory because of the resurrection of Jesus. Amen. Let me just pray over you. Jesus, thank you so much for scripture. Thank you for illuminating what the triumphal entry meant, Jesus. God, I thank you that it not only fulfilled a 500-year-old prophecy from Zechariah, but it also declared prophetically what your resurrection means. Lord, that it means that we walk in constant victory, overcoming the enemy over and over and over again. Lord, that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who is in us. God, I thank you that you have defeated death, hell, and the grave. God, that, that the Bible declares, oh death, where is your victory? Oh grave, where is your sting? And that because you could declare that, Father, we can declare that this morning, that death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? God, we are more than conquerors through you. God, and we honor you. God, and as, as they worshiped you in the triumphal entry, as they laid down their garments, as they laid down the palm branches, as they cried out, Hosanna, God, as they did all of those things, Lord, we turn around and we do the same even now. God, let our life be a life laid down in worship. Let our life be a life of rejoicing that never ends, that never ceases. God, your kingdom doesn't start when we get to heaven. Your kingdom is established now on earth as it is in heaven. God, your kingdom was established the second you rose from that grave. God, and we are in a, an eternal, constant, triumphal entry of you coming into the city, of you coming into your kingdom, and of your people rejoicing and walking in peace and in victory. 
God, we honor you this morning. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.